Today's sermon is entitled, Family Up. Uh-oh, well, Family Up, you see it there in orange, Upgrades. Family Upgrades, we're going to talk about Family Upgrades for the business, for the family business. We are going to Family Upgrade for the business. So what I want you to focus on today, I want you to understand that we are talking about upgrading the family. We're talking about um, familying up, you know, talk about we've heard man up, we've heard woman up, but we haven't heard family up. So as we conclude our family business series Uh, I'd like to end on how we began, and that's talking about family. I'm hoping that after 42 weeks of preaching on this subject, we are ready for a new definition and understanding of family. We have gone through 42 messages talking about this family business. We all ought to have a better understanding of what family means significantly from the perspective of being in the family business of God. Now, uh, disclaimer or a little uh, notification, what I say today is going to be difficult for some people to handle. It's going to ruffle some feathers And it's going to be a little hard to swallow because we are creatures of habit and familiarity and we don't take change well. But I guarantee it will be enlightening and thought-provoking. So let me say this again to you. Let me say this to you. Family up. Can you say that with me? Family up. This is our goal today. Family up. Say it again. Family up. Let's get it in our hearts and minds. Family up. Not family down, but family up. We want to understand where we are in this family business. We want to understand what God is doing in our lives. Now, listen to this. Jesus challenges or he redefines, per se, or uh, let's say he reexamines family in the Gospels. We understand family in one sense in the Old Testament. We understand it over the development of Israel in the Old Testament. But now we want to understand it from the perspective of the Gospels in the New Testament. Now, here's why it's challenging. We have heard it said in the old that, you know, we love our family, you know, father and mother, sister and brother and all of that. But in the New Testament, we hear Jesus talk like this. He says things like forsake family. He says forsake family to follow Jesus, right? He says, um... In other words, families are good only as they support your discipleship with Christ. Now watch this. Let me me go back here. What he's saying is forsake your family in order to follow Jesus. 
And so he's saying the family has a new definition. Your earthly family becomes secondary to your relationship family with God and Christ. And so your earthly family only is as good to you as they support your new identity in your new family. We'll talk about that in a moment. That's one aspect we learn about Jesus redefining what family means. He also says then, he, he, he re-asks re the question of who is my family? Now, all of us know who our family is. I could talk about my mother is Opalie Smith, my father's Cherry George Smith Jr., my brother Gerald, Sharon, Linda, and, and me. We, we, that's my family, right? I could go through my aunts, uncles, cousins, all of that. That's my family. But Jesus says that changes in the New Testament. He says, who now is my family? And those who do the will of the Father are his family. So it is no longer the people we know and love and have an endearing relationships with that are identified in the New Testament as family. Now watch this now, it gets a little tricky. So when I'm talking about familying up, I'm talking about re-examining, re-looking at, getting an upgrade from the earthly family to the heavenly family. I want you to experience, know and understand the depth and the wealth of family that you are born into. So now, let me explain this to you so that you won't think I'm making this up. Luke 8, verses 19 through 21. You can read it on your own. Luke 8, verses 19 through 21. Somebody type that in the comments so you can have it for reference. Listen, brothers and mother, they came to Jesus in, in this scripture and they came to Jesus and said, your brothers and your mother are outside waiting on you. He was up preaching. Uh, and Jesus said, who is my mother and my brother? Jesus said, those who hear the word and do it are my family. So he was, he was saying to them, yeah, that's my earthly family, but I have familyed up. I've moved into a new family and my new family consists of those who do the word, who hear the word and who do the word. Another passage we look at is Luke 14, 26, which says, write that in the comment as well. So someone can, you can reference that as well. Luke 14, 26 says, if you don't hate your earthly family, oh man, this is jacked up. He says, if you don't learn to hate your earthly family, even your own life, he says, you can't be my disciple. So you can't be in the family business. You can't be in this family in the way that God wants you to be unless you are able to separate yourself or hate your earthly family, even your own life to become a disciple, to follow God. This is the requirement to join the business. Oh, I told you it was going to be tough. Y'all checking out already. I'm Joy, you better check to see who's signing off. 
I want you, listen to me, listen to me. This is not a bad thing. What I'm asking you to do is to contemplate on elevating your family. I'm talking about upgrading your family experience. We all have horrible memories of earthly family experiences. And God is saying, I can bring you into a new family that is going to give you some greater positive experiences. Now, we'll talk about what the earthly family means in a minute. I, I'm not saying disown them completely. I'm, I'm just trying to help you to see that there is a better family. There is a juncture we need to connect with. There is a group of people that God has designed to help us be our optimum selves in the body of Christ. So in essence, basically, not no longer as your earthly family, your earthly family, the way we know them, but disciples become your brothers and sisters. God becomes your father. Jesus is his son and becomes your brother. So that's the concept of when, when I'm talking about this family, this new family, God becomes our father. Yes, Cherry is my father, but God becomes my father now above that relationship. Are you tracking? Jesus becomes the son of God who then becomes my brother and I become part of the family. I actually am the offspring of God. I am related to God. Once I accept Jesus in my life, I become part of the family. So when we talk about the family business, we're saying you're part of the business because you're part of the family. Are you getting this? Listen to what I'm saying. What I want you to understand is that we become family by, watch this now, we become family by adoption. Uh, so you say, well, how did we get in the family? Well, no, we weren't earthed into the family. We weren't born out of the womb, but we have been adopted into the family. We have been grafted in that God has, listen, God has allowed outsiders to come into <laughs> his family. I love this so much. I love it. Listen, God has allowed us to become part of his family and within, watch this now, watch this now. Listen, within the family, there are many families, one body, but many members. Watch this now. Within the family of God, there are many families. In other words, in Corinthians, it talks about we are one body, but many members. Listen, what's, what spurred this uh, message for me was I was out and about walking around and I heard someone talking on the phone to a family member. And I listened to them. They were saying, oh, mom or whatever. Okay, I'll call you back. And I thought to myself, all over the world, there are different people who are talking to their inner circle, to their family, that everybody, there are groups, there are families all over the world and everybody is connected to their family. There are some people who talk to their family more than anything. And so all of these little families become part of one 
big family. So I began to think about that. And I said, well, these are families. These earthly families are families by blood. But we become, here it is, here it is. We become family by faith. Ah, watch this now. We are family based on how we believe. We are family based on spirit. Watch this now. We are family based on Jesus's blood. It is not our blood. It is not kindred blood. It is Jesus's blood that allows us to come in. So we are a part of the family. Listen, not just by blood, we are part of the family by faith. You know how they say in the earthly family, their blood is thicker than water. Well, that's not how this family operates. This family, the upgraded family, operates by faith. I feel him now. In other words, the Bible says the just shall live, how? By faith. We don't live by family. We don't live by kindred blood. We don't live by biological ties. We live and we survive in the family by ah, faith. So when we talk about the family business, the family business is established based on ah, faith. Let me explain, let me explain why Jesus had to challenge us to rethink our earthly families and upgrade to a heavenly one. Because you say, well, what's wrong with my earthly family, PC? I love my family. Well, I need to explain why he had to change that. Let's look at our texts for today. And I just want to teach you some things for a moment. So stay tuned in. Strap up so we can family up. I got to say that again. Strap up so we can family up. Let's look at the text. I'll take a few and I'll, I'll read a few and we'll, 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 we'll just, I'm just going to talk about it. So let's, let's get to the text. Here it is. Text number one, verse number one of chapter three says, you foolish Galatians who has bewitched, bewitched you before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the spirit by observing the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish after beginning with the spirit? Are you now trying to attain your goal by human effort? Have you suffered so much for nothing? If it really was for nothing? Does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you because you observe the law or because you believe what you heard? Let me stop right there and let me just give you the backdrop of what I want to explain here. Today, I want to interchange. Galatians 3 is talking about the law and faith, the difference between the law and faith. Listen carefully, tune in here. Today, I want to interchange the earthly family with the law. So as I begin to talk about the earthly family and the heavenly family, watch this now, I'm looking at the earthly family to be the equivalent to the law, and I'm looking at the heavenly family to be the equivalent to faith. 
So whenever we read this passage and we talk about the law, whenever we read this passage and we talk about the law, we'll be talking about the earthly family. And when we read this passage and we talk about passages concerning faith, we'll be talking about the family of God. Are you with me? So the similarities of this, and and when I looked at the law and I looked at faith and I looked at this passage, the similarities to how they impact our family were too striking to ignore. Ah, and this is going to be good. I want you to understand this. So the earthly family is much like the law. Listen, it is the place that tutors us. It is the place that gives us lessons and rules and restrictions. And no matter how hard we try to please the family, we fail. So God gave the law initially to be a tutor, to be a guidepost, to be a restrictor, a a group of uh, parameters or rules to help us understand how he wants us to move forward toward the better law, which is faith in Jesus Christ. He wanted us to, he wanted in the Old Testament to have the law to give people guidance and rules and instructions. And that's what our earthly family does. It provides direction for us. And then we move to an upgrade to begin to live by faith. Watch this now. What I'm saying is when we were growing up, we lived off of every word that our mothers and our fathers, our brothers and our sisters said. We lived off of family in the earthly perspective as we knew it to be a guide and a tutor to help us, watch this, grow up enough to start living off of every word that God the Father says, that we begin to live off of the word of God and we live by faith. But you cannot, listen to me, you cannot get to that upgrade without first experiencing the dynamic of the law, of the earthly family. The earthly family is extremely important. The earthly family is extremely significant in providing foundation, in providing experiences, in providing tutoring to you, lessons and truths, watch this now, to point you toward a new family that's going to give you better benefits and a higher quality of life. Are you tracking? Let's go back to the scripture then. And I want to go back. I want to go back to uh, verse number one. And I want to take a look and read it again. So now he's talking to the Galatians because the Galatians were beginning to fall back on their earthly ways, their legal ways, their lawful ways. And Paul was saying, don't forget, you got an upgrade. You've been upgraded. You don't live by the law. You live by faith. Why are you rolling back? So that's what this is about. So look at verse one. He says, you foolish Galatians, you foolish Smiths, you foolish Johnsons. Why are you rolling back? Who has bewitched you? Who has made you so committed to your earthly family? I'm I'm paraphrasing. Before your very eyes, Jesus was clearly portrayed as crucified. In other words, there's a new covenant. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the spirit by observing the law or by believing what you heard? Listen to that. Listen Listen to that. I want you to see that. Did you receive... He's saying, did you receive the spirit by observing 
your family. Your family can't give you the Holy Spirit. You get the spiritual element of your life through believing what you heard. Now, the Bible says in Romans, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Put it back on the screen, please. So he says then, did you receive the spirit by observing the law or by believing what you heard? Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Somewhere along the line, little cherry, little mischievous cherry heard the word of God and began to believe what he was hearing, which means I'm growing away from my earthly family to begin a relationship with God that has a greater dynamic. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Verse three says, are you so foolish after beginning with the spirit? Are you now trying to attain your goal by human effort? In other words, why would you fall back? Why would you fall back and try to live your life based on human family, human effort? It won't work. And then verse four says, have you suffered so much for nothing if it really was for nothing? And then five says, does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you because you observe the law or because you believe what you heard? He reiterates that. So what I'm saying, listen to me. What I'm saying is God is not faulting anyone for this family experience. And I want to be clear on that. God is not saying, when we talk about coming into the family of God, God is not faulting anyone for your family experience. I want to make that clear. He is not saying, I am, I am condemning you. I am penalizing you for your upbringing, for where you lived. You were, your parents were raunchy. Your, you, your parents left you. They, they uh, abandoned you or whatever situation was in your family experience. He is, he's not faulting anyone for this family. Instead, he's saying, I support your family. It was necessary for what he has for all of us. In other words, God, watch this, man. What I'm saying is your earthly family experience provides the paradigm for which God wants to thwart you into the family business of God. Watch this now. Listen, all of us serve in a capacity out of the experiences of our lives. In other words, God helps us uh, launch into what he wants us to do in the future. And a lot of that has to do with what we were capable of doing in our past. Are you tracking? So what he wants from us is not a way to live with the digression, but he wants a way for us to upgrade to a different family. Somebody say upgrade. And now somebody, listen, listen, all I'm trying to say is that this is the family. The upgrade to the family is the only one that actually truly liberates you. It expands you. It blesses, affirms, and releases you. This is the family of faith. Somebody say family of faith. So what I'm giving you is I'm giving you a choice. I'm giving you a choice to live based on the law or to live based on faith. Or I'm saying live based on the rules, the, the, the restrictions, the strongholds of your earthly family. Oh, I'm, I'm stepping on toes. Ouchie, ouchie, ouchie. Or live according to faith 
in God. And listen, hear me carefully. God is not discounting every lesson of your mother. He is not discounting every lesson of your father. So nobody's saying to discount, I was trained wrong. No, maybe you were, but God says that is not essential. In other words, it is needed to, to point you to what I want to bring about in your life. In other words, based on what you missed or lacked in your earthly family, God designs a plan to fill those gaps. To f- Oh my gosh. If you were lonely in your earthly family, God says my paradigm for your future family will cause you never to be lonely again. In other words, God fixes what the earthly family has broken. In other words, God constructs, uh, God, a will, a purpose for your life that is quintessential to how you were brought up. Oh, thank you, Jesus. So the family... The family of God is a family of faith and a family of the spirit. Let me read on. Look at the text then. Look at the text then. Verse six says, consider Abraham. He believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. So faith will get you righteousness. Verse seven, understand then that those who believe are what? Children of Abraham. So again, there it is. Those who believe are children of Abraham. So you, I don't know Abraham. I don't, I, how, who, I'm not a part of Abraham biologically, but I am a part of Abraham by faith. Verse eight, the scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announced the gospel in advance to Abraham and said to him, All nations will be blessed through you. Listen to what he's saying. He's saying in verse eight, God announced the gospel back in the Old Testament. He said the gospel is here now. He says the gospel is in Abraham that all nations will be blessed through you. He was saying the family dynamic is going to change. Look at verse nine. So those who have faith, are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. I got to go back. Look at verse. I got to go back. Look at verse eight. It says all nations will be oh blessed. All nations will be blessed through you. So verse nine says, so those who have faith are what? Blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. So this new family of faith then brings you into blessing. It blesses you. Verse 10, it says all who rely on a observing the law. Oh, wait, I got it. Wait. All who rely on observing the law are under a curse for it is written. Cursed is everyone who do, who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. So cursed is everyone who, who does not continue to do everything written in the law. You can't even keep the law. So every time you break the law, you continue to stay cursed. As long as you continue under your old regime, your old family trying to do everything they ask you to do, you will never measure up. You will never measure up. You will never meet their requirements. He says you will continue to be cursed, but why not join a family of faith where you can be blessed, where everything you do can be forgiven. You are brought into righteousness. Nothing is held against you. God gives us grace and mercy to help us unfold our lives in the healthiness of a family. What I'm trying to get you to see and to understand, ah, God, I feel him, that God has a family 
that has been prepared and equipped for you. I love that in John 14 when he says, I go to prepare a place for you. So in the spiritual dimension, he has a place for us on earth while he's preparing a physical habitat in the heavenlies above. Ah, God, Cynthia, we're going to be neighbors. I know it. So watch this now. Listen, listen, let's go to, listen, verses one through 12 talk about how we become a family uh, in faith and spirit. But look at verse 13. Uh, Let me look at verse 13. Let me go to that real quick. Uh, Let me go to verse 13 where it says, clearly I'll read up to it. Clearly no one is justified before God by the law because the righteous will live by faith. You will never be justified by your family. You will only be justified by the family of faith. Verse 12, the law is not based on faith. On the contrary, the man who does these things will live by them. So the law is not based on faith. It's based on rules and regiment. But look at 13. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. Let me go back to this. Let me just break this down for you for a second. What I'm trying to get you to see is that the law, every time you try to stay, every time you choose familiarity and comfort over the excitement and the uh, uncertainty of faith, of walking with God by faith, he says, this is the place of the curse per se. So listen, listen, curses, listen, curses often come through families, right? Curses come through through families. Noah's sons were cursed. It brought down a curse upon other people. Watch this now. Curses are often genealogical. In other words, they often flow through families. Not the only way you can be cursed. You can curse somebody. You can make the statement by word or by deed. But what I'm trying to get you to see is that oftentimes when you remain, oh God, when you remain connected to that which is toxic, that which is negative, that which is not good for you, it becomes a curse on your life. You cannot proceed. You cannot be fluid in the things of God. Oh, this is good teaching. And so Christ then, watch this. What am I saying? Listen, your family has the power to curse you and it may not be demonized. It may not be, you know, related or it might not be doll related with pins, but people can curse you. Family can curse you by the words they say. They can manipulate you with your emotions. They can say negative things to you and destroy your self-esteem that is a curse. But here's the good news, people of God, family of God. Verse 13 says, Christ has redeemed us from this curse. In other words, he redeemed us from the curse. In other words, he says, I will bring you out of that family experience in order to give you a new family that releases you, that affirms you, that validates you, that blesses you. Listen to me. The Bible said, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. So imagine yourself in your earthly family hanging on a tree. In other words, you're at the demise of your aunt or your uncle who always just destroys you or your sister 
or your brother or your relative that just destroys your life with anger and venom. He says, you're hanging on a tree. God says, here's what Jesus did. He says, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Jesus said, you come down off the cross. The family has you on. I will hang in your place. I will become the curse for you so you can be free to be you. Oh my God. Jesus says, I will become the curse in your family. In other words, I've got enough righteousness to deal with your family so you don't have to. You can be free enough to deal with me. God doesn't want us strapped and restricted by the law. God doesn't want us tied down by the law law that we can't keep. And I want you to understand that the Israelites couldn't keep the law if they tried. They couldn't keep the law if they tried. So every time they tried, they basically created the curse. They reinvented, they kept cursing and cursing themselves because every time you claim allegiance to that which is not of faith, you claim allegiance to that which has the power to destroy you. Is anybody hearing me? So Christ did this for us so we could receive the blessing of faith and the promise of his spirit. Look at verse 14. Verse 14 says this, he redeemed us in order that, in other words, he's, here's, here's why, here's the purpose or the result of him doing it. Ah, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I thank him right now. Hallelujah. I praise him right now. Hallelujah. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus so that by faith we might receive the promise of his spirit. What God is saying is, is Christ has done this for us so we could bear the righteousness by faith and receive the spirit. The your family can't give you the spirit. They can't give you the Holy Ghost. They can't give you the essence of what your life. Listen, your family can't even give you God's purpose. He, they can't give you his will. They can't give you what you want to be in life. All they can do is provide parameters, guidelines, help you try to get to, to see who you want to be and what you want to do. It is not until you place your life in the hands of God and God begins to map out and cut out the specificities to who you are and what he's called you to do and who you're going to help and where you're going to live. The family business becomes a family business of franchise, franchises that are specifically cut to the people who have come out of families that are dysfunctional and broken and negative that had many people hung on a cursed cross and Jesus redeem them so that he could bring you out to flow in your glow, to live your best life, to shine like a diamond, to show the world the power of God's grace to change your life. And so God is not mad at what you've gone through. In other words, the worse it is, the more glory he gets because his goal is to change it all. His goal is to refashion you and to reshape you into the person he has designed and created you to be. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying. I got to move on. I'm going to run out of time soon. So watch this now. I like this. Look at the next verse. 
Verse 15 says, brothers, let me take an example from everyday life. Just as no one, listen, just as no one can set aside or add to a human covenant that has been duly established, so it is in this case. In other words, blood is blood. Can't nobody set that aside. I'll always be Opalie Smith's son. I will. You can't change that. You can't change that we family. I told my son one day he was so mad at me. He was sitting in the backseat pouting. He was, I said, Cherry, let me tell you something, boy. You're going to always be my son. I don't care. You can cry all day, all night. It don't matter. You will always be my son. Back and forth in court, trying to get custody and all those types of things. And God reminded me, it don't matter where they are. They will always be your children. In other words, you can't change an earthly covenant. So watch then verse 16. Verse 16 says, the promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed. The scripture does not say and to seeds, meaning many people, but and to your seed, meaning one person who is Christ. So the seed of Abraham was Christ. He was talking about verse 17 says, he says, what I mean is this, the law introduced 430 years later does not set aside the covenant previously established by God and thus do away with the promise. In other words, the promise God made with Abraham way back in Genesis before the law even came 430 years later, he said the law does not nullify what I put in place hundreds and thousands of years earlier. Listen to what I'm saying. Let me break it down. I don't want you to be confused. I don't want you to be confused. Listen to what I'm saying. Let me say this to you. What I'm saying, before your family even began to manipulate you, God says, I made a promise to Abraham way back in Genesis before the law came on the scene or before your family came on the scene to be a promise that anybody who believed like Abraham believed by faith would be blessed. So when your family, when you are born into your family, not even the dynamics of the choices and the consequences of your family can stop the promise that God made to Abraham before before your family began to even manipulate you, he says that cannot be stopped because just as an earthly covenant, you being blood to your family cannot be changed, neither can his promise. His promise is a covenant. Their blood, uh, uh, your, your genetic makeup, your DNA is a covenant that cannot be changed. But just like your DNA can't be changed, God's promises can't be changed and that's why no devil in hell can stop what God has for you no bad experience in a family no single family home no abandoned home no foster home no incest home no rape home no home of dysfunction can stop the promise God has made to bless you in a family that our God that wants to love you let me read verse 18 am I making this clear to you look at verse 18 it says, for if the inheritance depends on the law or your earthly family, then it no longer depends on a promise. <laughs> but God in his grace gave it to Abraham through a promise. So in other words, the inheritance, your promise, your blessing, your inheritance is not based on your earthly family. It is based on God's promise. Listen to me. So when we talk about, we talked about the inheritance. We 
talked about what God gives us. We talked about how God blesses us. God is saying your blessing. I'm talking right to you in the camera right now. And I'm saying your blessing is not based on your law. It is not based on your family. It is based on your faith. If you can believe God, uh, it's possible. The Bible says all things are possible to those who believe. But you keep running back to your family. You keep running back to what you know. You keep running back to your familiarity. God says trust in God. Put your faith in him. And that's where your family is. Your family is with people who believe. So here I want you to understand. God's inheritance to us is not carnal. It is not fleshly. It isn't dependent on humans. It is based on the promise of God and he never breaks his promise. Somebody say he never breaks his promise. I got to wrap this up. Look at verse 19. Verse 19 says, what then was the purpose of the law? Okay, well then what was the purpose of my family, right? It, what, what, why, why my family then? What is the purpose? What was the purpose of the law? It was added because of the transgressions until the seed, meaning Jesus, to whom the promise referred had come. In other words, the family exists until the promise comes. God says, I gave you a family to live in and to be a part of. I know it wasn't perfect and I know it wasn't right, but I put you there until the perfect came, until Christ came, until faith came, until you heard the gospel and you heard, you started believing what you heard instead of what you've been believing from what your family did to you. So the end of verse uh, 19 says, the law was put into effect through angels by a mediator. But look at verse 20. It says, a mediator, however, does not represent just one party, but God is one. A mediator gets between two people who are in trouble, right? So 21 says, is the law therefore opposed to the promises of God? In other words, is your family opposed to the promises of God? Absolutely not. He's saying your family is a part of the promise of God. The family is is important. He says, for if the law had been given that could impart life, he said, then righteousness would certainly have come by the law. If your family could give you the spirit, then they would have done it. If your family could be perfect, if your family could do what God needed them to do for you, he said, then the family would have been justified. It's just like the law. If the law could have brought you righteousness, then cool on the law. But he says that does not mean the law is contrary to the promise of God. It just means it was a precursor to the promise of God. I'm not saying negate your family. I'm saying see your family as a precursor to the family of God. Oh man, are you getting this? We ask ourselves then why have families? Why have families? Then if the law isn't what God willed for us, God knew that family would be the closest thing to describing his love for us amid transgression, pain, and turmoil. So he put us in families. And so I go back to the phone call. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Where people are talking to their mothers, they're talking to their siblings, they're talking to people left and right. In other words, 
God has placed us in families because families are the closest thing to the expression of God's love. Ah, God. He says he did it for the transgression. In other words, God knew there would be transgression. God knew there would be pain in that. In other words, the law exacerbated trouble and transgression. They didn't become so riddled with sin until they were told not to sin. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. Listen, people don't do wrong until you tell them not to do it. I mean, I used to tell my kids, don't touch the stove. There they go trying to touch it. I'm telling you, God put you in families that would test you. And so the scripture says he gave the law on the sake of transgression. Listen, the pointing out of what not to do in family is the very thing that we try to do. So verse 19 said that the law was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. Even though families are troubled, it is ordained by a mediator. In other words, watch this now. Between the earthly family, meaning the law, and the family of God, the family of faith, the heavenly family, he says in between these two is a mediator. And that mediator is one. He is not two. He is not split. The scripture talking about, you read it over again. I don't have time to break it down exegetically, but I'm trying to get you to see we had a mediator between the family. Woo! Would you stop trying to be your own mediator between your family and your destiny? I'm telling you, you keep getting sucked back in by your family. Let God mediate between you. Listen, your family's always going to see you one way, but they'll never see you like God sees you. God dog it. I'm telling you, your family, look to my family, I, bless their hearts. I love them, but they can't do no better. They can't see further. I The same way for them. I can't see them any better than my natural eyes. They can't see me any better than what they know. They know little Tootie running around tearing up stuff, building airplanes in the room, running up and climbing trees, flipping on the outside, going outside partying, dancing, acting up, mischievous, getting in the truck. That's who they know. But when I look at God or when God looks at me, I see a, a servant of God. I see a preacher. I see a somebody who has vision. I see somebody who has faith, building kingdoms, building buildings, homeless shelters. I see people feeding people, business on TV, uh, 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 radio, being an expression, having a platform to lift people up and encourage. That's what God sees. People, don't you know why family hates? When you, Whenever you start telling family about what you're about to do, they're not supportive until it blows up. They might start out, you know, supportive, but it's taking too long, you know, yeah, taking too long. But when it finally gets there, then they jump on, because family can't see what God has put in you. So if the law needs a mediator, is it therefore against God? He says, no, you don't need a mediator for one person. It's not one thing. You mediate between two parties. So the question is, is the family of earth against the family of God? And the answer is no. And verse 21 says the law couldn't do what faith can The family of earth can only do what they're capable of doing. And the family is capable of sin. The family is capable of loving you and hurting you. The family is capable of lifting you up and pulling you down. God's family is only capable of lifting you up. It is only capable of conforming you to the image of Christ. It is only capable of bringing out the better in you and destroying and suffocating the worst of you. 
The family can't give you spirit. It can only give you blood. And that blood is tainted. The Smith blood is tainted with sin. You must be born again. You must, we must desire an upgrade into the family business. My blood is tainted and you must desire from the day forward for family up. Somebody say family up. I need a family upgrade. So verse 22, let's look at verse 22 as we bring this on home. The scripture declares that the whole world is a prisoner of sin so that what was promised being given through faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe that the families are often prisons for us. It is true, y'all. Our old stomping grounds, our old people are often struggles for us. Listen to me. Scripture scripture says all are under sin, but the upgrade, listen, there is an upgrade. The promise by faith would be given to those who believe. So how do we upgrade? By believing. How do we upgrade? By having faith. We upgrade by trusting God, by not singing the song of parting is such sweet sorrow with respect. to our earthly families. It is not, the the upgrade is not, you know, singing the sad song, I'll never see my family again. And ain't nobody asking you to do all that. Ain't nobody asking you to mourn your family. Nobody's asking you to do that. But what we're asking you to do is start hearing God and believing what he says. Love your family, but don't live there under torture on the cross. In fact, listen to me, listen to me. He says, We pray and hope for our families. We hope that they believe just as we believe so we can both be in the new family. Amen. We want them to come too. So don't abandon your family as if to say, well, I got a new family and I don't care about you. No, you still connect with your family to do what? To help embolden their faith so they can come into the family as well. Look at verse 23. Verse 23 says, before this faith came, we were held prisoners by the law, by our family, the law, family, interchange, before faith, God dog it, before I, before God started telling me who I was, before God started unfolding my destiny, oh my God, I was a prisoner to my own law, not just to my family, but to myself, what does it say, locked up until faith should be revealed, oh this is good teaching y'all, verse 23 says the family was our our schoolmaster that would in fact create such uncomfortableness, we would seek a better and more willful way. In other words, God wanted us to be uncomfortable in our family. God wants us to have bad experiences so we could look out yonder saying, Lord, is there something else better than this? And it is not a a taint against uh, your family. It is just your family helps to be the platform to bring you into the presence of God. Look at verse 24. 24 says, so the law was put in charge to lead us to Christ. The family was put in charge to lead us to Christ. Opal Smith was in charge. Cherry Smith was in charge to lead me to Christ. (laughs) That we might be justified by faith. Come on, somebody. I want you to celebrate and enjoy God because they were put in charge to lead you to faith. 25 says, now... Woo! That faith has come. Come on, teach PC. The family upgrade. Now that faith has come. Ah, we are no longer under the supervision of the old family, the law. You are all what? Sons 
sons of God, family of God, family. Do you see it? You are all now sons of God. How? Through faith in Christ Jesus. He says, now that faith is come, we are not under the supervision of the old family. You've got faith now. I'm speaking right to you, man or woman of God. Now that you've come into faith, you are no longer under their charge. Your family was given charge over you until you found Jesus. But now that you found Jesus, God dog it, you are now sons of the living God. We are family. Come on, help me, Sister Sledge. Uh, we are family. Woo! Yeah, yeah. I got all my sisters with me. Yes, we, my sisters. Who? Who's my sister? Who's my brother? Whoever hears the word of God and believes it and does it. <laughs> That's my new family. I can go to Utah. I can go to China. I can go to Belgium. I can go anywhere in the world and find family. <laughs> family in Hawaii. Family in the other parts of the world. Why? Because somebody who heard the gospel and believes it becomes my brother and my sister. It's not a taint. It's not a stain against my old family. I just got to upgrade. Somebody say, upgrade me, Jesus. <laughs> he says, after we come to faith, they no longer have the power over our lives that they used to. So stop letting your mother, stop letting your sister, stop letting your family control you. I bind that devil. I bind that spirit in the name of Jesus. There's a show I watch. Oh, I, I can't, I can't want to say it, but because uh, I don't want to get messed with the legalities of that. There's a show I watch about a family where they're concerned about, the parents are concerned about how their children keep marrying people from other countries and they think they're just trying to marry them to get a green card. And that mother, the mother on this show is so controlling. In other words, these are grown kids. They're in their 20s, y'all. And the mother is all in their business. Who you dating? Who you going with? Starting investigations on the people they're dating. I'm telling you, that is, listen, when you come to Christ, your mother no longer should control you. Your parents, your brothers, your siblings should no longer have the power to control. Let me say it. Y'all ain't listening. Let me say it to you over here. Anybody who is in your family trying to manipulate and to control you, once you have come to Christ by faith, they have lost their power. The blood of Christ and him hanging on the cross became the curse for you and broke their control and their power. And you're released now in Jesus name. Somebody say family upgrade. All right, now, look at this. Let's go back. Let me, let me break this down. Let me bring this home for you. Look at verse 26. Verse 26 says, For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. Isn't that beautiful? Listen, verse 26 goes into 27. We are all children of God. Listen, we're, once, once we've been baptized and born again, we were, we were, listen, listen, we were brought in at Kaiser or Cedars or wherever you were born earthly, but now we have been born into the body of Christ. So the explicitness and freedom of this family is that it is less confining and organized per sin. So look at 28. He says, there is neither Jew nor Greek 
slave nor free, male nor female. You are all one in Jesus Christ. Look at this, y'all. Listen to this. I'm just trying to tell you this. Listen, it's no longer about ethnicity. It's no longer about background. It's no longer about Jew or Gentile. It's not, listen, because family does all that. Family is about ethnic. You, when you come from this or you from a black family, you come, this is your ethnicity. This is your socioeconomic status. This is your racial epithet. This is, this is your situation. This is your geolocation. All of that matters to the earthly family. But when you come to the family of faith, it don't matter the color of your skin. It don't matter what gender you are. Women have power. Men have power. Black folk have rights. Everybody's just. Everybody's sick. It's insane. You've been raped. You got a history. You a felon. You can come on. You Even if you a felon in the family of God, you, all your sins have been pardoned. I'm telling you, this new family is beyond the pale of delineations, restrictions, confines of backgrounds and ethnicities. So when he talks about being free, male and female, those are not significant to God. We are all one in Jesus Christ. And for the final verse, y'all, 29, which says, if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and you are heirs according to the promise. So I want to tell somebody, not only are you a part of the family, but you are an heir to the promise. You have an inheritance coming that your earthly family could never give you. Listen, the dollar amount that your family might give you at an inheritance because of a will does not compare to the inheritance of the promise God has made on your behalf. This gives us oneness in Christ and that clarifies that we are all a part of Abraham's seed being Jesus Christ and we are heirs in the family of God according to to what he has promised. This is a family upgrade, y'all. This is what God wants us to move up to. This is what the family business is about. And if we're going to be the powerful family business that he has called us to be, then we have to family up and experience the upgrade from the promise he made to Abraham thousands of years ago. It's waiting on you to believe, hear God's word, have faith in it, and to walk away from your family in understanding your spiritual destiny by faith. Love your family and try to convert them and move toward the things that God has for you. Let me give you this conclusion as we prepare the Family Business Series 2021 as we bring it to conclusion. Parting is such sweet sorrow As we will end this series, it has been so good. My words to you today are upgrade to the family business. Family up. The family business is a series like none other. And I know it may seem like a writhing task, a writhing task to keep fighting with family It may seem arduous and tenuous trying to please them, apologizing and forgiving year after year. Ups and downs. I ain't speaking to you this year, speaking next year. Then we on, we off. Family dinners ain't no good this year. Next year is the bomb. 
It is a struggle to deal with family. Everybody. Everybody. So don't sit there and lie. Don't sit there and lie. Not my family. You lied. Every family has the struggle of trying to make it work. But this is all necessary to get you to desire the upgrade. And I'm hoping that through this series, God has given you a heart's desire to transition you into the family of faith. It is not to stop you from loving your earthly family, but to in fact love them more by pointing them to the light, by helping them see why you go to church, why you worship, why you took that risk you took, why you started the business in the name of the Lord, why you sacrifice your money to help others. Why They don't understand it. Why are you spending your money? You can't understand it. But let me try to explain. Let me try to point you by the faith and by the spirit. You cannot change your family through your fleshly blood. You can only change them through the power of the Holy Spirit. So he says to the Jews, the law is the law. And Jesus came not to do away with the law. He came to fulfill the law. Jesus said, I didn't come to throw away the law. He's not saying throw away your family. He's just saying fulfill your family. He came to make us full. He came to fill the gaps that our families could never give us. He's saying, I'm not destroying the earthly family. I'm filling the family. Meaning, I want to give you what it takes to make sense out of family throughout eternity. So we honor and we respect our earthly families by helping them choose the road less traveled to let go of their flesh day by day. We honor and respect Father Cherry, Mother Opal, our siblings, our cousins and relatives. We honor them. And we honor them by helping them see the gospel of Jesus Christ. I honor my mother every time I do everything I can to help my siblings see the light of faith. To win on earth is not necessarily a win in heaven. It takes time to learn that. And we must desire our heavenly father more than we desire our earthly beloved. So today, I challenge you to upgrade, to become part of or delve deeper into the family of faith. Count the consequences of your life and see how God has orchestrated everything to bring you to this moment of joining the family business. He welcomes us. Every family argument, every bad and good experience was to compel you to reach forward to the family of faith, the family of God, and become a major player in the family of business, the family business. We are born saying, this is what we born saying, Joy. Family first. Family first. But we must learn over time to say God first. God first. God's family is the only one that truly liberates expands, blesses, affirms, and releases. The blessing of Abraham has now been dawned on your doorstep. You can choose to upgrade 
or you can stay with the curses of yesterday. This is the family of faith, and this has been the Family Business Series 2021. I'm PC, and that's all I've got.